are Locked On Cardinals, your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Arizona Cardinals find themselves in a situation that is way more positive for not only this season, but for the future than maybe some of us had thought. I think Bo and I are... Uh, in the camp that, you know, uh, it's it's not necessarily a surprise that the team is playing this well. It's a surprise that the team is playing this well this early. Alex Clancy, Bobrock, Locked On Cardinals. Thank you to everybody who listens. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Follow Bo at Bob Rack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. We are the number one rated non-team affiliated Arizona Cardinals podcast, and we wouldn't be able to do it without everybody who listens. So thank you for everybody who listens, who subscribes. Please subscribe. Please leave reviews. Please reach out to us continuously on Twitter as you have been. We truly appreciate it. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. The NFL trade deadline is less than a week away. Should the Arizona Cardinals be buyers or should they stand pat? That's your Lockdown Cardinals lead story. I'm Alex Clancy with Bo Brock. Now, this could go one of a couple, you know, it could go a couple different ways. The Cardinals do not have a fourth-round pick because of the DeAndre Hopkins trade. They do not have a sixth-round pick because they just recently acquired Marcus Golden for that pick. So that leaves them with three high-impact picks, first, second, and third round, and there are guys around the league that are rumbled to be on the trade market. Now, before we get into this, Quinn Williams, uh, Brian Costello, who writes for the New York Post, he covers the the Jets for the Post, said that Adam Gase came out and said, Quinnen Williams, the trade rumors are false. He and Joe Douglas have spoken to Quinnen Williams about it, and he's not on the trade market. Read what you want into that, but that was one of the, you know, the names that were, that was floated around as, you know what, would you give up a second round pick for Quinnen Williams? He's pretty much another draft pick. He's only been in the league two years, and he's a kid, and he's an interior defensive lineman. Would he be a guy now? If he's not on the if he's not on the board for potential trade uh, for potential trade consideration, but we're looking around the league. There's Stephon Gilmore. Okay, Carlos Dunlap uh, was traded yesterday. What do you do if you're the Cardinals? You see those three first round picks. Do you stand pat, or you just kind of see what the market has to offer and plan accordingly? Yeah, you obviously read the market, but also you try to. I- Try to make the decision of how close is the Arizona Cardinals organization? Are they are they a stud away from really contending legitimately for a Super Bowl, or are they a team that should, you know, s- w- with some savvy try to acquire and add depth between now and the trade deadline, and even after that, and, and adding people through through uh, free agent contracts, whoever may be available. I mean, you've seen it. Uh, and it happened in a couple different ways. And if we just use 2019 as the blueprint and you look at what happened with, you know, the deals that went down between the Los Angeles Rams, Jacksonville Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens that had, you know, uh, Marcus Peters going from the Rams, to the Ravens and solidifying that secondary and adding that ball hawking cornerback or Jalen Ramsey becoming a shutdown for the Rams. Now they didn't make the postseason and then Jacksonville getting, 
you know, uh, handsomely paid in draft compensation. There's that. There's the Emmanuel Sanders, you know, going to the 49ers from the Broncos at the deadline last year. Could you add somebody in that capacity? And I'm not just talking about the wide receivers. I'm talking about just a veteran who is on a team that's going nowhere that, you know, would like a change of scenery and could immediately, you know, make an impact. And, um, you know, I, I think it, it's tough. I mean, Stefan Gilmore, to sniff around the Patriots and trying to figure out how to make that work cap-wise and what would it take I, – I don't think it would take a first-round pick. If you could give up a second-round pick and bring on Stephon Gilmore and solidify your defensive secondary, I mean, and that's an understatement, you're going for it, you know? Does Steve Kime – does he feel like this team is in a position – to go for it. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people are hesitant to do so, but uh, because here's what would have to happen with Gilmore. You would have to figure out, cause he's got a $25 million cap hit. Cardinals are sitting around six and a half million dollars as far as cap space. So they have to clear, you know, just under $20 million to make that work. Who becomes, you know, who's, how can you re, you restructure enough? How can you, you know, that that's the biggest question and it becomes very complicated. Obviously it's, not impossible, but it, it is. It remains a pipe dream just because of where they are cap wise and what it would cost. But you know, I, I think that this is a team that still has the ability to add talent to this roster, and that's what good teams do um, at this point in the season. Yeah, and and the interesting part about it, and this is kind of become a little murkier of waters because Patrick Peterson's been playing better. Like if Patrick Peterson wasn't playing well all year. Could you make a case for just swapping Patrick Peterson for Stephon Gilmore? Because the the reason why I ask is Patrick Peterson will be off the books after this season. And if New England's punting on this season, sure they'll want draft picks, but another thing that is coveted is cap space. And you could it, it wouldn't exactly hit numbers wise, but you could trade Stephon Gilmore for Patrick Peterson. If you think Stephon Gilmore, the reigning defensive player of the year, isn't just a product of the Belichickian defensive scheme, and he's actually a better corner than Patrick Peterson. I could definitely see that as a conversation that we could at least have rationally, regardless he's the of... player of the year. He's the reigning defensive yeah. player of the so, year. So he is, he is, by yeah. all accounts, a better cornerback than Patrick Peterson. That would be a ruthless move, though. I mean, as far as you know, you you draft, you develop, you have all the years with P two, and I'm not saying that. And I I don't. It, it usually those are the kind of deals that go down in the NBA, because I mean you're right because of Peterson's in his contract season, Gilmore would have one more year. That would be you know that's that's a fascinating deal. Hopefully, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it would be a very savage move to be like, okay, you know, you know, thank you for your service, P two. But uh, we're just going to upgrade a little bit more, and we're gonna we've got a guy that would be in the fold one more year, so we we can kind of prolong trying to figure out the cornerback position of the future for the Cardinals because we would get Gilmore who's a year younger, but is under contract two more years. It's just it's a it's a fascinating conversation. Well, I mean the thing is, and you know what? Let's let's talk about that next. Alex Clancy, Bobrock, Locked On Cardinals. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. We're in a you know, a small part of silly season where it's the trade deadline and the Cardinals have a bye. So we could really talk about any possibilities for any player on any team that the Cardinals could potentially acquire because you know what? Ain't no game this week. And we're going to take full advantage of that continuing next Locked on Cardinals. But first, my favorite, 
RockAuto.com. I don't know jack about cars. I don't like going to stores, the chain stores that you know uh, that will kind of look at you and be like, "Well, you wait, you're a dude and you know anything about cars." Yeah, I get it, John. I I know that I don't know anything about cars. RockAuto.com saves me from that awkwardness. You go to RockAuto.com. They've got all the parts that are at the the chain storefront places, and you can just search by SKU number if you want. You can search by part, by car, whatever. And the catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, so all you have to do is go to the website. It does it for you. 20 years in business, family business, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. And don't forget to write, to when you go to rockauto.com, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Alex Clancy Bobrock locked on Cardinals follow him on Twitter at Bob Brack follow me at Clancy's Corner follow the podcast at locked on AZ cards and be sure to check out our pseudo crossover on Saturday night with the boys from down under. Now, this is going to be in this is going to be a fun podcast. It's the Bird Gang Down Under podcast. These dudes are from Australia and they love the Cardinals. It's going to be Saturday night, it's going to be Halloween. Bo and I are probably going to be imbibing, maybe a Foster's, who knows. You know, I might wear right. a cow, I might wear a kangaroo outfit, who knows. And we're going to talk some Cardinals, we're going to talk some deadly animals that they have in Australia. We're going to talk a whole bunch of stuff. It's going to be fun, and it'll be fun to see an Arizona Cardinals perspective from a different continent. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a, a great time. Fantastic time. It's going to be fa- it, <laughs> The fact that we're talking internationally about the Arizona Cardinals is just a testament to, you know, the organization. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So please... Uh, we will tweet it out on all of our, you know, social medias, Twitter. We'll put it out on Facebook. So uh, please make sure to check it out, and, and the link will be there for you. We'll be able to interact with you as well. Stephon Gilmore of the New England Patriots is, in my opinion, like a kind of perfect guy for the Cardinals. And I know that sounds like a dumb sentence to say, but. When you win in the NFL as a quarterback, you need a good defense to win. And look at what happened with Kansas City. I'm not directly comparing the Cardinals to the Chiefs who just won the Super Bowl. I'm not. But there are some nuances there where Patrick Patrick Mahomes' first year, he throws 50 touchdown passes. If D. Ford wasn't offsides in the playoffs, they go to the Super Bowl. The defense wasn't great that year. Flash forward to last year, the second half of the year, the defense was top 10. You know, the tweaks worked. Teron Matthew was coming into his own as the as the leader of that defense. Frank Clark was playing very well. Chris Jones was playing very well. They had the pieces, and they win the Super Bowl. If you look at the defense for the Cardinals, and we're going to continue this conversation around what the biggest holes the Cardinals have through seven weeks going into their bye week, you look at Stephon Gilmore, and if... Uh, the trading for Patrick Pe- trading Patrick Peterson for Stephon Gilmore is just... That would be popcorn movie theater stuff. And it's not going to happen. But if you can somehow figure out how to get Stephon Gilmore and Patrick Peterson and Byron Murphy and Buda Baker on the same defense, 
I think it's worth a first-round pick. And I don't know how the money would work out. I honestly don't. Maybe it won't. But this is the silly season I'm talking about. Bo, if the New England Patriots say, we will give you Stephon Gilmore for a first-round pick and maybe a player to kind of, I don't know, to, to even the money out a little bit. The Cardinals right now are drafting 26th in the 2021 NFL Draft. Say they win nine games. They're going to be drafting 18th, 17th, 19th, 20th. Would you trade Stephon Gilmore for the 20th overall pick of the 2021 draft, all money considered? Man. Uh, I, I just think, look at what's happened with the Rams recently where they've just been so hamstrung by their cap. Uh, that would just put you in such a tough situation. But look, like I said, you that move would indicate that you're going for it, that you feel like your team is in win-now mode. And, and do you, I mean, when you look across the NFL and the Arizona Cardinals are already playing statistically like a top 10 defense where you and I, you, we, we know just by watching the games that, you know, they're not, they're not there yet. They're lacking something, the ability to really just shut down at times opposing offense. So they're able to get off the field, which is great, right? They're eighth as far as, you know, on holding opposing offenses on third down conversions, but are they there? I mean, what, what are they lacking in, in the ability to kind of shut down the passing game for the opposing offense? You know, they're, they're middle of the road still. So to add a player of the caliber of Stefan Gilmore, that would take it just to an elite level to have P2 in, in, in Gilmore. And you're adding the reigning defensive player of the year. I think that you absolutely, when you, when you put it in that perspective, if you can get it done money-wise, which is the tough part, You'd probably have to part ways. You'd have to do like what the Rams did and free up salary by getting rid of Peters to bring on Jalen Ramsey. Um, I, I, it just what, what's the corresponding move and what where where would you probably have to give up talent? It's just it's such a tough move. It because I think draft wise, Gilmore for a first or second round pick at this point in five and two, you say that's a no brainer. That's what winning teams do. They 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 mortgage in a sense the future not not completely because we've seen what Steve Kime can do as far as picks you know twenty and below it's, it's you know he got he got DJ Humphreys it took him four seasons to to do anything to get a guy that could impact the game immediately shut down Russell Wilson shut down Jared Goff and and pick apart Jimmy Garoppolo I think you you, you jump at that but unfortunately reality wise I just don't think that there's a move to be made. Now, you know, are there other moves you can make? Can you go out and can you just kind of, could you go get a guy from the Houston Texans and like Bradley Roby, a guy who's, who played under, um, under a guy in Vance Joseph in, in Denver? I think that that's a potential that, that would cost less and, and cap-wise you can make it work and you would add depth. I think as far as the defensive line, could you add a guy like Don Terry Poe who's moved around a bunch and he's in the, with the Dallas Cowboys who could potentially just be outright released? I think that those are probably the reality, the realistic moves to be made. But look, if, if you're asking, you know, would you make the move? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's so, I mean, the thing is like when, when people say, as you mentioned, winning right now, I mean, it's not like you're going to trade for him. And he's going to be a one-year rental and you're giving up a first round pick. Like obviously there'd be stipulations in place where he'd probably restructure the last year of his deal and they'd extend him, you know, and he would retire a Cardinal like that. That would be the point of trading a first round pick for him. Like, that's it's again. 
these things are far-fetched to say the least. But as you mentioned, a guy like Bradley Roby, sure. I mean, Houston, it'll be interesting to see what they do if they're going to be like the like the Cowboys and just fire sell everybody. Like, the Cowboys are like, yo, if Dontari Poe, and there was a corner there, uh, a Whirly, that if you know they can't trade him, they're going to cut those players. So that would be not a trash heap for Dontari Poe. You have a guy that's known for clogging up the middle who would definitely help the Cardinals and their interior defensive line. So it really comes down to, will the Cardinals, is it smart for the Cardinals to just hold Pat, to stay still and let the craziness happen, whatever, and they look and they say, we traded for DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason. We signed Devondre Campbell. We signed Devon Kennard. We signed Jordan Phillips. And we traded for Marcus Golden. Is that enough? And they signed Drake Kirkpatrick, and you know you have Prince of Mukamara on the practice squad. Who knows if he'll be elevated and at what point? Is this enough to maybe make the playoffs this year because you have the realistic expectation that you're not winning the Super Bowl this year? Like, more chances are you're not going to get to the Super Bowl this year. Crazy things have happened. We saw it with the 49ers last year. But they brought in a lot of free agent. Uh, they acquired free agents, or either free agents or via trade, and all of their offensive and defensive line draft picks just seem to pop, finally. So, do you just stand pat? Do you just stay still? So, you know what? We've done enough. Or is you that lazy? I think you always have to be proactive. And, and Steve Kime has shown that he, that he is, as far as just adding and continuing to churn the roster. Because you, you, the reality of the NFL is, in week seven, by week 17, 10 weeks from now, you know, your rosters are going to look completely different because of the ugly realities of the NFL, because injuries are going to happen, because depth is necessary. And to always add guys, well, you know, whether it's a Don Terry Poe or to the, especially those big hog, hog mollies up front on the offensive de- and defensive line, because they, they're, they're going, they're drop like flies sometimes, you know, it, it's necessary to add depth. And then we've also seen, you know, recently, you know, your starting running back goes down. It's nice to have Chase Edmonds, but what if Chase Edmonds goes down? You got to add depth potentially at running back. And I think, you know, with it was nice to see Andy Isabella show up in the first couple of games, but he's been on a milk carton. Maybe, maybe add another playmaker in, in the passing game. Why not? I don't think it could hurt, especially if it's not going to cost you anything, uh, you know, outside of, um, you know, a little future draft capital. This will be a very fluid situation. The Bo Brock at, at Bob Brock on Twitter, me at Clancy's Corner, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. That we're going to be discussing for the next week. It's I am so happy. Like we we go back to this. I don't know once a year when we talk about trade deadline. Do you remember the days where it was just the biggest blockbuster insanity, heads rolling with excitement trade was Chem Bailey for Clinton Portis. Like, that was like, nobody trades players. What the hell is going on here? That was less than 20 years ago. Right? What was that, 2003 or something, 2004? Yeah, it was a while ago. I mean, those guys are both, uh, you know, Champ Bailey's got a bust in Canton, and it's... And and Clint Portis had a great run with Washington. That was a player-for-player trade, you know? But, yeah, it's it's so, it's nice to... Because I'm a big draft guy, I'm a big trade guy, I love deadlines, and the NFL, for such a long time, their deadline was just like, you saw Randy Moss get traded at one point, and that was New England. I, I just think New England is one of those teams that if if they're willing to sell, there are players that, that have been there during sh- stretch runs 
and would add value with their experience, and it doesn't necessarily have to be Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. I mean, because there's, I mean, this is, and this is, again, this is another reminder of Bill Belichick's MO, a year too early instead of a year too late. And he, yeah. like, it, it's, but the determining factor for this one is, does he want draft capital? Because any draft pick he gets could, in essence, turn into Trevor Lawrence potentially. Like, potentially. We don't know how many wins the, the Patriots are going to have. I'm not outside of the camp to say that some team could offer three first-round picks for to move up to number one. Like, they, there could be an offer-you-can't-refuse situation that the Jets are going to find themselves in if Trevor Lawrence just doesn't say, you know what, I'm not going to go play for the Jets. Like, Bill Belichick, nothing is out of balance for Bill Belichick. So it's going to be, is he going to try or inquire draft picks? Or is he just going to try and have as much money under the cap as possible for next year to bring in guys that are already proven in the NFL? Like we don't know. We have no idea. He's a mad scientist. He can do whatever the hell he wants. And he and he is this is gonna be way closer to a Golden State Warriors where everybody was injured year like this past year than you know, a handful of years of futility with the Patriots. I Bill Belichick won't stand for it. So the Stefan Gilmore thing is interesting. Listen, the Cardinals traded for DeAndre Hopkins. Okay? Crazier things have happened within this calendar year. So you can't really mark anything off as something that it can definitely not happen because we saw David Johnson go and DeAndre Hopkins become an Arizona Cardinal worth 10 uh, for the Red Sea on Sundays, which nobody, nobody saw happening. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Lockdown Cardinals. On the other side, we're going to preview a very fun podcast that we're going to do tomorrow to kind of celebrate how far, you know, what the Cardinals have done through seven weeks. We're going to preview that next Locked on Cardinals. But first, I got to talk about our people at Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. I'll tell you what, Sunday Night Football, I was pounding down a couple Pepsis. It kept me up till midnight, but the game wouldn't have been the same without that blue can. Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers, these passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Final segment here on this Thursday edition of Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, please subscribe. Tell your friends Leave reviews. Continue to reach out to us on Twitter at Locked On AZ Cards. Um, we're building this thing up, and this is really like even though I started with this four seasons ago, and Bo joined me soon thereafter. This seems like Bo and I have talked about this. This seems like step one of what the rise of a potential great team feels like. And we want you to be along for the ride from step one, and we're just not going to talk about what I had to go through and what Bo had to go through through the first, you know, two and a half seasons of this podcast. This is this is where it gets even more fun. It's t- it's fun to talk about the Cardinals, regardless of if they go 0-16 or not, because Bo and I get to talk about sports, you know, but this is something that we're on the precipice of something potentially great. And coming up tomorrow, it's going to be, we're going to do our own little awards, you know, awards ceremony. For for the, for the 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 mid season break with the Cardinals, and I know mid season would be week eight and a half for the math majors. I get it, but Cardinals are seven games in. 
They hit their bye week week eight. We're gonna we're gonna dole out some awards. We're gonna give out some awards. And uh, Bo, it, it, you know, in unison with that, what grade would you give the Arizona Cardinals organization as a whole, from Michael Bidwell to player fifty three on the active roster? What grade would you give the Arizona Cardinals as a whole through week seven? I would give them a B plus, but that's coming from that's grading on a curve from where they were just a few seasons ago in 2018. But when you get the top pick and you use it on a quarterback, and to everybody knew that there's potential there that you could make the jump, but there's a lot of things that have to go right as far as developing that player, surrounding him with talent, and the Arizona Cardinals have done that. And it's translated to wins at five and two. Now, I mean, there's there's the blueprint, and then there's following those steps and figuring it out, you know. And the Arizona Cardinals have done that. And you know, it's not it's by, it could be a B plus right now, but you could you could forget, you know, you could fail a couple tests, and you could forget to turn in a couple assignments, and you know, you could be right back, you know, close to where you were. Now you're speaking my language, missing yeah. assignments and Failing stuff. Grades? That's oh yeah, yeah, that's my wheelhouse. <laughs> But I just think that the Arizona Cardinals right now absolutely deserve credit for the way they've started the season and the way that they've built around Kyler Murray. Um, they're doing they're doing it the right way. They they had this plan and they're succeeding right now in following this plan. Correct. I uh, I, I go to this analogy a lot, but and, and and you've said it correctly. The the B plus is fair. I mean, I would say you know B or B plus. The Cardinals have done things astronomically better than they did, you know, since mid 2017. But it's true. Steve Keim dug a hundred foot hole for himself in the organization. And just because things are going a lot better now than they were, doesn't mean that his whole body is out of that hole yet. We're seeing him maybe with his head above water, his head above, his head at sea level. But 80% of his body is still underwater, and so is his organization because of the terrible mismanagement of this roster up until hitting gold with Kyler Murray at, at, at number one overall 2019 draft. 27, 2017 and 2018 dug that 100-foot hole. So they're getting there, but they ain't there, and they're not close to there yet. 5-2 and is great. They haven't played the greatest opponents, and there's a lot of bad football being played this season. But I think B-plus grading on the curve is right. Because if you're a competent franchise, the baseline is a C. And the fact that they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, they have five wins. Kyler Murray is seemingly evolving as a franchise quarterback with his arm and with his legs. And then the running back room is is better than expected. It's crazy. The numbers, standings, like rankings-wise that the Cardinals have strewn across the whole team, like they're, I think, sixth in the NFL in points allowed because they gave up 34 on Sunday Night Football. They're top 10 in rushing. Kyler Murray's an MVP candidate. Kyler Murray's the number one fantasy football player this year, points-wise. You know, DeAndre Hopkins is playing great. Christian Kirk's coming back into his own, being healthy. Like, the the offensive line is a top-five offensive line in the league. And that's without drafting an offensive lineman. Isaiah Simmons stinks so far, but that is no direct correlative with the actual measurables from this roster. And that's unbelievable. Like, that that still is kind of a weird thing, right? Is that just an anomaly? Like, is that just a luck of the draw that the numbers fall in the Cardinals' favor? The Cardinals actually playing that well. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, you can. We, we say I think every podcast now you can't you can't uh, change who you play, and they've taken care of business against some pretty weak opponents, and and Dallas and in New York, and there's been some bad Washington football team, and and then the Seahawks defense is is atrocious. But at the same time, the Arizona Cardinals, without the benefit of a preseason, are five and two after seven games, and they seem to be meshing at the right time. So if you could, if say we're just using the first seven games of the season to get that get that team to kind of feel the rapport and, and gel, that's fine. But you know the pieces are there to necessary to compete. So what I think is that the Arizona Cardinals, they might, you know, they might not have been for real defensively and they had the benefit of playing a worse opponent, but now they can they can get it together and figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I think that they could stay around where they are statistically, offensively and defensively. I mean, here's a t- the, the defense. Did you know that they're, they've given up the least amount of rushing touchdowns in the NFL? It doesn't make any sense. Like, how does this happen? It's, it's because, you know, the addition of, of, uh, of a guy like Jordan Phillips yeah. going along with Corey Peters and the addition of two fourth-round picks, and then Rashad Lawrence was lost uh, with the injury, but... You know, the defensive line is playing good, especially in the red zone. And it's it's just it's pretty crazy to see the transformation that they've made over in, in just a season's time. I mean, they've already got as many wins as they did all of last season. And we're just seven weeks into the year. And, uh, you know, it's it's yeah, it, they've played weak opponents, but they've put themselves in a position to when the schedule gets a little tougher that they have a little longer leash that if, if they take a mess step, if they have another game like Carolina and they get their brains bashed in that you know they're 5 and 3 they're you know 6 and 3 6 and 4 whatever but you know the talent's there to compete each and every week against whoever the opponent might be and, and, and let me ask you this i mean when you look at the NFC, NFC West right now which is the most powerful division in in the in the NFL which which roster would you rather have right now with the ability to to get better Oh well, the Rams are out because um, they've given away everything. They're as is, and they're they're like they are the car that you bought off the showroom floor and you drove away, and that value is gonna it just it's it, <laughs> who knows how long it'll take to right. depreciate, but it's gonna depreciate. Um, I would and they're prob- locked in with Jared Goff. I mean, yeah, and Jalen Ramsey is gonna get seven billion dollars, and Aaron Donald is the best defensive player that that. I mean, he may he may go down as a top five defensive player ever. Like he he's on that arc where sure, but it, obviously nobody's getting any younger. They're not going to infuse any draft picks because they don't have any. Um, right. I would probably say San Francisco, and I know that's weird because uh, Seattle may be the obvious, but like I would say San Francisco just because they have the cojones, the kajingas to change anything at any point. They're an amoeba. Who knows what that defense will look like in three weeks? Who knows what the offense will look like in three weeks? John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have a firm plan to say, you know what, if it's not working, blow it up. And we're going to bring in other guys, and we're going to do these. We're going to trade draft picks, and we're going to, you know, all this stuff. I would say San Francisco just because of the forward thinking of the front office. But, that, yeah, I mean, I guess th- that's a good point. But I, I think and you didn't mention Seattle because I think when you look at Seattle and they made the move for Carlos Dunlap, a guy that was just completely, you know, miserable in Cincinnati, despite the the kind of money he's making. To you know, they didn't give up a lot, but I, I think that it's it, it seemed kind of a, that that move to me smelled a little desperate, and they had to make that move out of necessity 
because of where Russell Wilson is in his career and then where they are. I mean, the Cardinals really made the Seattle Seahawks look at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, we, we, this we might have started 5-0, and but we are far from being a 5-0 and team. We're going to continue this conversation throughout the bye week. Alex Clancy, Bobrock, we will be doing our mid-season awards for the Arizona Cardinals players tomorrow. That'll be fun, and we'll keep our finger on the pulse with all on the pulse with all things NFL trade deadline in the Arizona Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bobrock, locked on Cardinals. We will talk to you tomorrow.